It's Karen's fault. Lord, the friend thou gavest me, huh? Yes. That's how that works. Okay. We're live. Okay. I better stop that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask you to be with the Sunday school hour, Lord, and pray that you would just be with all those who are being involved with the Vacation Bible School as they prepare for that to open up, Lord. I just pray that this morning, Father, you would just help us to rejoice in, Father, the truth that, Father, we're no longer under the law, we're under grace. And Father, I thank you for that. But Lord, it still doesn't mean that there's not a repercussions, Father, on the choices that we make. Father, we just ask you to just bless the Sunday school hour. You speak to hearts. Father, if someone comes in and doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we pray that uh, today could be the day of salvation for them. For the 41, 42 Bibles or whatever, I believe, Father, that were handed out on Friday and Saturday, we just pray that, uh, Father, you've given us the promise that your word would not return unto us void. And there's people who said they'll be visiting because of it. So, Lord, we pray you'd work to that end. And, Father, I just thank you for the people here this morning. And ask that, Father, right now, you help us to come apart from the cares of the world, open our hearts and our minds up to the, the leading of your Holy Spirit as we look at the difference, Father, between the law and the, and the New Testament born-again Bible-believing Christian. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We find in a, we're in Exodus, Exodus 19 this morning starting, and then we're going to spend most of our time in Exodus 20. And again, what we have here is God preparing Moses and Aaron and the people for them to give them the law. In chapter 19, it says, In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness. God only allowed them to go three months. They had been in the wilderness journey three months, And they've come to Mount Sinai, and they're going to be given, Moses is going to be given the law. So it's only three months. Now, what happened three months before that? Stand still and see what? The salvation of the Lord. Egypt's standing army was destroyed. In the Red Sea crossing. I don't know. I look at this, and you know what it tells me about people? Too much we live in the moment of what comes into our heads. Okay? And we do not think of what God has brought us from and what He's taking us to. Their three months, they'd already started having problems in trusting Moses, God's man, to lead them. They were having problems, okay, because they weren't getting good uh, kosher meat and steak, and well, I know how that works, but everything for them. And they're coming into the, the place where God is going to give them the basis. Do you know that if we lived by the Ten Commandments, we wouldn't need the volumes on the law that fill rooms up? And you say, what are, the, what are politicians and congressmen? You know, the vast majority of them are lawyers. And they, there's volumes upon volumes of stuff trying to write every minutia, specificity of the law, because we won't apply the Ten Commandments to our life. Amen. All right? Do I 
Am I held according to God for my salvation according to the law? No. But I, am I held before God in how I live with my fellow man? Yes. Yes. Your memory verse was Galatians 3.24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. It's a schoolmaster. It's to teach you. I had to laugh yesterday. My wife and I, and I can't, I don't know where all those older people came from. My wife and I went to our 50th high school reunion yesterday. My wife's the prettiest one there. I told her that. There's, there's girls who went to, I went to school with. They walk up and they go, because how do they, I'm just as tall and just as ugly as I was in high school. All right? And so everybody goes, well, they know who Brian is. And they had this woman. She goes, do you remember me, Brian? And I'm, and I'm tr- looking. <laughs> I had my glasses down, and I couldn't read her name tags. <laughs> so I had to bring my glasses. So guess what? She was a little offended by me because she looked so different. I didn't know who she was. <laughs> I had to laugh. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. And I'm, Maybe I digress, but there was a, a guy in our <laughs> Our graduating class, he's only about six feet tall. He wore size 15 shoes. Other people couldn't remember that. And I turned around and I looked at him. Are you? And he goes, yeah, I'm Chris Dallas. <laughs> and he goes, don't look the same, do I, Brian? And I said, well, the feet haven't changed. <laughs> you know what the truth about people? You will not change because you live by your habits, what you do without thinking, unless you let the Lord into your lives. And that's never a habit. I'll give you a simple lesson. They were commanded to keep the law, and they broke it all the time. That was the basis for their judgment in their relationship with God. And they couldn't keep the law. All right? Now, you know what it comes down to? We look at so many things. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, right? Old things are passed away. All things are become new. And that's supposed to be our life, but then what do we do? We go just so long, and the thing that helped us get away from what we were, we set aside. We start trying to live by habit again. Your flesh lives by habit. Your spirit lives by choice. Don't ever lose sight of that. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. Amen? So we have chapter 19, and they go ahead, and they're three months, and they come out, and then verse 2, For they were departed from Rephidim, and were come to the desert of Sinai, and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus thou shalt. Thou shalt say to the house of Jacob and to tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for the er, all the earth is mine. So who does it belong to? You're just a steward. Okay, it belongs to God. And ye shall be unto me as a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. 
And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid their, before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. God tells Moses to come and remind the children of Israel of what he had done for them. We've been reminded you should never lose sight of what God, if you're saved, what he saved you out of. If you're not saved, God will save you from what you are in and who you are right now, make you a new creature. So all the people answered and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. I don't know about you, but I, God's got a sense of humor. The people said, all that you've said we will do. How long that last? It makes me think of a teenager. They get in trouble. They stop doing what they got in trouble for for one week, and they want their restrictions lifted because they've changed. Right? Sometimes teenagers are worse at that than uh, little kids because at least you've got little kids are more afraid of you. Right, But you start going, oh, I'm not afraid of that. You turn around and look who I am. And I'm developing self and those, those habits start developing in the flesh. So this is where they're at with this. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in the th a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the, pe of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today. That means to set them apart. And tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and be ready against the third day. For the third day of, for the third day, the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai, and thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about. Take heed to yourselves that ye do go not up into the mountain, nor touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. The only one's going to be allowed there is who? Moses, and then also Aaron, part way up. There shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be beast or man shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. You know, that's something that people in San Francisco ought to learn about, huh? We've got cities turning into third world countries and rats and vermin. You're going to start seeing disease follow up because there's been a loss of something that God says this is healthy for you. Verse 15, And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day, <laughs> and come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mountain, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in a fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly." And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up, and the Lord said unto Moses, Go down and charge the people. Now, what had they already been told not to do? Don't get too close. Don't touch this, okay? Lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. 
And the priests also which come near the Lord sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. Do you ever realize you turn around and you tell somebody, this is going to destroy your marriage, and they go towards it? This is going to destroy your, your job, and they go towards it? You know, it's like when you tell a little kid, don't touch that. I can remember my mother telling a story about me. I went over, and she was out of the room, and I went, I'm touching it, I'm touching it, I'm touching it. Okay? And you say, well, that's not my children. Oh, yeah, it is. Because they're just like you. And let the priests also which come near to the Lord sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up into Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set the bounds about the mount, and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priests and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. So Moses went down unto the people and spake unto them. And he's telling him, we warned you, don't do this, okay? And so many times we get caught in that. And it says, and God spake all these words, saying, and then we see the, the Ten Commandments being given. See, because the children of Israel were three months in the journey, just three months. Moses had been communing with the Lord on the mountain, getting instructions. He said, go down, get Aaron, bring him, bring him back up with thee. And all the others had to stay down. Is that too hard? Now, when they couldn't come up, what did they do? Now, that's not in today's lesson, but you know what comes down, though? When they weren't allowed up and they thought Moses tarried too long, the people rose up to eat and to drink and to play. And we know not where this Moses is or the God that brought us out, so we'll make a God of our own hands. Mike. No, I believe that that was them blowing the trumpet, the shofar horn, the shofar horns. I believe that's that for them to let them know that the time had come. Okay, so it wasn't a trumpet from God. I don't believe. Okay, and then you turn around and you see here. Exodus 20 is a call to obedience. The Bible says to obey is better than... Okay. To obey is better than sacrifice. It's a call to obedience. God commands you to do something or not to do it. We're trying to think, you know what? We live in a day and age where if you try to live right, they're telling you that you are a horrible sinner. Okay. Morality has to do with right and wrong. When someone says they're a moral person and they're breaking God's law, who's the one who establishes what morality is? Not me, not you, not the government, not the special interest groups. God does. If you can hang on to that, that'll protect you from a lot of things, but you need to hang on to it. Okay, it's right or it's wrong. If it's wrong, don't do it. If it's right, you better do it. 
we lose that. You know, <laughs> especially mamas with their children. Well, they had good intentions. I know that they didn't do what you said, but they're only... Right? That's why it takes a mother and a father to raise children. Fathers can be a little harder. Mothers can be a little softer. You bring them together and there's a the balance. Right? By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. If you don't have that balance in your home, you have children who don't understand. And they become adults who are continual lawbreakers thinking we have no right to bring judgment on them. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. When you read your Bible, do you understand that? I won't ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you made a choice knowing that it was not the right thing to do and wish you'd never done it? There'd be, seriously, I believe, and if you didn't put your hand up, I'm telling you, you're a liar. Everybody here has done that sometime or another, haven't we? That doesn't make the law bad. Just because I don't keep it doesn't make it wrong. It makes me wrong. You've got to remember that. There is no such thing as the goodness of man. Even a child left to himself will bringeth his what? Mother to shame. So he turns around and you look at this, God's the author of morality, and the Ten Commandments aren't the Ten Suggestions for Israel. Don't you ever think that you, you, tell, you tell your child, you tell somebody this thing, and they think it's a suggestion? Oh, I thought, yeah, you, I know you said that, but I thought I could do this. Okay? The Ten Commandments are very simple and very clear so that there's no confusion. You don't want confusion in your life. God is not the author of confusion. Okay, so then we start. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Very first of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other God before me. You know how we know that we're under grace and not under law? How many of you Think about putting God first in every choice that you make. i got to be honest with you, that's not me. Not all the time, but you need to say, no, God's before me. He wants us to be totally devoted to him and no one else. Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon. For you'll love the one and hate the other. To hate there means you love them less. You're making a choice. You're making a choice. And I watch it so many times in dealing with people making the choice. Because okay? what happens is you get in trouble every time you put something or someone else ahead of God. That's why this is the first law. What's the first and great commandment when Jesus was asked? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. And the second is like unto the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. I'll have no other gods before me. What have you put ahead of God this week in your choices? Who have you put ahead? I never forget, I can remember Sam get preaching this message here, and he says, 
what's your Isaac? And God says, give me thy son, thine only son Isaac. What's that thing that you cherish? If you're not willing to give that person to God, they're not in the safest place they can be. I'll have no other gods before me. Thoughts, feelings, and actions get messed up when we don't keep God in our thoughts. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children on the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my what? That has not been violated in 6,000 years of man's history. Okay? It's not evolutionary. There's no such thing as evolution. God knows how man is because he gives us a free choice. You need to understand, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 10. Just quickly. Numbers, Deuteronomy. I can remember when my son A.J. was winning his first major national award we're down in New York City. We've gone down there, and he's, he's winning a Columbia DuPont Award. And now he has three of those. But that first one, he turned around, and he's being, he was asked, what is the motivating factor in your life? He's asked a question. How do you operate, and what, what are the basis of the things that you make your choices on? He quoted this. Deuteronomy 10 and verse 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to what? Fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Look at verse 13. If you're going to love the Lord with all thy heart and with all thy soul, what have you got to do? to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command this day for thy good. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's, the, thy God. The earth also and all that therein is. It's his. It's not ten suggestions. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, nor bow thyself down to them. That's idolatry. Exodus 34. You're going to understand in a minute why I'm reading these passages. Verse 6. Exodus 34 and verse 6. This is Moses back on the mount the second time because the children of Israel sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And then they were naked. Moses breaks the two tablets in anger and has to go back and get... Second edition. Right? Verse 6. And the Lord passed by before him, that's before Moses, and the Lord, the Lord God, and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, what's the first word? 
Second word? Third word? Fourth word? In goodness and in truth. And it says, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children on the third and fourth generation. What did he say here back in Exodus 20? Thou shalt not bow thyself down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children until the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Do you understand what's taking place there? Go to Numbers 14. Numbers 14 and verse 18. The Lord is long-suffering of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation. Now, I didn't pay for the sin that my father committed, but that lifestyle in my home has affected the home I grew up in. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Third and fourth generation. Christians have a chance to break that. Okay? What kind of legacy are you passing on to your children? Men, you are the ones who establish that, the greatest in the home, because you're the one God holds the greatest accountable for it. Not my words, God's words. The husband is the head of the wife. He's the head of the home. You've got to understand here. Our sins used to be when we had our you here. It's part of hope too. Our sinful habits do affect those who follow us. What we allow in our lives, they will take to a greater extent in theirs. You just can't get away from it. Okay, then the third commandment in Exodus 20. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Using God's name without reverence is sin. Do you ever think about this? Yeah, how many secular songs have misportrayed who God is? Yeah. Mike, is, he used to make his living with that. That's why it hurts him so much to see some of the stuff that takes place. You know, they want a God of their own making. Well, you know what? When you portray him, I don't care if you're using a curse word or you're singing the words of some rock song that downplays him. You know what that Bible calls that? Sin. Sin. Be careful. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't take his name in vain. I can remember Pastor Christian standing up one time early on. I hadn't been saved, come to church very long. He says, how come people, when they get upset, don't go, George Washington! 
That's because they want to curse or swear by the name that has the greatest authority. And God says that's in vain. I've seen too many times men who are saved. I can't speak to women. I'm not one of them. Uh, I don't desire to be one. I don't want my pronouns changed. Okay? But I know I worked in a factory and I witnessed to men and watched them and watched their language many times follow the language of the people they were working with instead of being different. Think about that. Taking his name in vain. The fourth commandment, verse 8 of Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. How many of you here are Jewish this morning? Any of you, any of you, you know what the definition of a Jew is? A child born of a Jewish mother. Any Jewish people here this morning? The Sabbath is not for you. It's not for you. You say, well, wait a minute. We're supposed to be Sabbath keepers. No, the Jews were. Okay, <laughs> you can't get away from this. I want you to understand. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 22, it says the Jews require a sign, right? They require a sign. The Greek seeketh after wisdom. You ready for this? Exodus 31. Verse 13. Speak thou, let me see, verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel. Now who is he supposed to be speaking to? Verily my Sabbath ye shall keep, for it is a what? Sign between you, or between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Every one that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Do you want to be held to the standard of keeping the Sabbath, which is six o'clock, sundown, Friday? to 6 o'clock sundown Saturday in Jerusalem. Verse 15, Six days may work be done, but the the seventh is a Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be what? Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It's a covenant between God and the children of Israel. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and the earth, and on the seventh day rested and was refreshed. It is a sign of the covenant between Israel and God. Now, is it good for us to set a day aside of rest? Okay. You know, groups that try to keep the Sabbath, they're trying to steal the promises from Israel. Okay? They're trying to... Is it good for us? You know, now, in the early church, they met on the what? First day of the week. I've had people try to argue with me the Sabbath, and I go, well, you're not keeping it anyways. It's 
You keep it in a different time zone. Well, 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 the intent of it is, no, 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 wait a minute. The intent of it is, it's a covenant between you and God if you're a Jew. And if you don't keep it, God says you can be put to death. Do you want to still keep it? Well, how can I judge other people not being as spiritual as me if you take away me keeping the Sabbath? Sunday's not the Sabbath. It's the first day of the week. See, because the whole point is, it was given to show them that they couldn't keep the law. It was a schoolmaster to bring them to, because Jews need to be saved today the same as we do, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10, 25, And forsake not the assembling yourselves together, as the manner of some is, and the more so as you see the day approaching. It's good to come apart, okay? You could turn around, if I'm for the sake of time, uh, Romans 14, verses 4 and 5, but Colossians chapter 2, let me get there. Colossians chapter 2, this is the rule for the Christian. Let no man, verse 16, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of a new moon or of what? Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping angels, intruding in those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not beholding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases with the increase of God. We're not to be judged by that thing. Okay? The one thing we are to be judged by is the fact is man looketh on the outward appearance, God looketh upon the, the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Remember the Sabbath day. The fifth one in Exodus 20. Verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. A commandment that says when you keep it, you live longer. When you don't discipline your children and teach them to honor you, and you mollify their bad behavior, you're setting them up to a shorter life. Isn't that what that's saying? The same thing happens. New Testament. New Testament. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment. The other commandments gave you negatives. This one gives you a promise. What? Right? If you honor your parents, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So you mean that rule carries from the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament into the New Testament church? Yeah. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, doesn't mean he's not going to make those offshoots, but his life will be, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Amen? Honor thy father and thy mother. 
if you honor yours by your example and then your requirement of them, they will honor you. And then your grandchildren will honor them and grandma and grandpa will be held in a place of high esteem. That's just good. You know, we have, you know what's going to come at the time of Christ when he returns? A lawless generation. They no longer honor their father and their mother. You're responsible. I'm responsible to train them. I've had people say different things. And, you know, it's hard. And I, this is, your kids are mine. I look at them, they're in my heart, you know, and say, not, not the same way that they're yours, but I'm responsible. I have them in my heart. I pray for the kids. Do you pray for your children? A praying mama can change a whole lot of things in a home. A praying dad can change a whole lot of things in a home. Honor thy father and thy mother. When you don't, it shows up in the generations following. I tell young girls, teenagers all the time, you want to know how your husband's going to treat you? Look how he talks to his mother. See if he honors him. You can save yourself from a lot of problems. The sixth commandment. Verse 13 of Exodus 20. Thou shall not kill. People try to apply that to war. That is not the same. They try to say that the people who go to war to protect our rights are murderers. No, they're not. Jesus separated it. Murder is you taking the life of another person. Not in self-defense. Otherwise, why would the New Testament tell us that we're supposed to be what? Obey the government that's over us because they beareth not the... Swords aren't used to spank people. They're used to impale and to cut. To kill. I had a tree hugger come to me and said, doesn't the Bible say, thou shall not kill, and you're going to kill that poor animal? And I said, as many as I can. Rise, Bryant, kill and eat. <laughs> I don't like your attitude. You're the one who tried to stop me from getting out of my car and walking into the woods. I'm not the one who tried to stop you. Well, I'm a vegetarian. Do you know that those plants scream every time you take a bite? <laughs> Thou shall not kill. Thou shall not commit adultery. Husband and wife are to keep themselves together for each other and to stay together. I had a pastor. I want you to understand, God doesn't want divorce. He doesn't want it. It happens. That doesn't make that person unable to serve God. I look at the requirements for a pastor. It says the husband of one wife. That's one requirement out of 21 other requirements. I had a pastor friend. He shined a light on that one. Well, that man, he's disqualified from the ministry. His marriage fell apart, this, this, and this. And I said, oh, yeah? I said, it's also he who rules his own house well. 
Last time we were at a pastor's fellowship, you were telling me what, how your son was a monster. Your fault. And I said, I'll give you another standard. If a man looketh upon a woman with lust in his heart, he hath already committed adultery with her. God's standard's higher than ours. Aren't you glad that God's first word he uses with us is mercy? Mercy. Everyone, if you're a red-blooded male who's not gender-confused, If you're not careful to have it, you're going to let your eyes go to the wrong thing. Okay? There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will the temptation, with the temptation, make a way of escape to be able to bear it. What are you going to do? You take your eyes off it, don't dwell on that. That's a temptation, that's not sin. When you dwell on the thought and you start carrying it farther in your mind, you haven't even done anything yet. It's still that sin. Amen? I didn't write it. I'm the one who turns around and look at God and I said, oh man, God help me. Thou shalt not steal. The Eighth Commandment. Verse 15. Do I need to explain that? If it's not yours, it's not yours. Warning the same thing. Comes the place when it says, in the context of putting on the new man... Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but let him work with his hands that which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. That which is good with your hands. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal. If it's not yours, it wasn't yours. Doesn't matter how small it is. I'm calling you a thief this morning, Okay? For all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You ever stretched the truth, told a lie? You ever lied by not telling the truth? You're a liar. I find in Revelation, and all liars shall find their part in the lake of fire. Aren't you glad? And such were some of you, but now ye are washed. Now ye are sanctified. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. To covet means to want or to crave someone or something else that someone else has. We should be satisfied, content with what God has provided. You should also be happy for others when they have something nice. Are you happy or jealous when your friends get something that you like? Man can't stand before envy. Envy will not happen. The Ten Commandments. They're simple. You live by those, you know what? It'll keep you from a lot of problems. But you won't be able to keep them all because the Bible says if you keep the whole law and offend in what? One point. I don't care whichever one it is. It says if you keep the whole law and offend in one point, you're guilty of what? All the law. Because you're a transgressor. That's what sin is, is transgression of the law. By breaking God's commandment, 1 John 3, verse 4. Whosoever committeth sin 
transgressus also what? The law. For sin is the transgression of the law. We live in a day and age where people are trying to decide what sin is and what sin is. They want to tell you it isn't this and it is this. And this is just another way of living and being. And God says no, because God's the one who chooses what is sin. So when you don't like that, then you try to deny that there is a God. You break one, you're guilty of all. If you keep the whole law, you offend in one point, you're guilty of all. That's James 2 and verse 10. For what does the Bible tell us in Romans? You want Romans Road? There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. Romans 3.10. Verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So be careful how you judge someone else who's going through it. The flashlight's just not on your sin at that moment. Okay? Forgiveness can't be earned. You can't keep it and earn it. Okay? All our righteousnesses, Isaiah 64, 6, all our righteousness is the things we do right are as filthy rags. So what does that do with us? The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. If you kept your thought you were keeping the Ten Commandments your whole life and you did not come to Christ, you will split hell wide open the same as everyone who ever purposely tried to break every one of the Ten Commandments. Because how many times you got to tell a lie to be a liar? How many times you got to take something that's not yours to be a thief? How many times have you got to let your mind, when you look at a woman, go too far? You see what I'm saying to you? How many times you got to covet neighbor's house, neighbor's goods? How many times you ever put anything ahead of God? The purpose of the law is to show us that we need a Savior. Schoolmaster brought little kids to school so they could be taught. The law teaches that we're terrible sinners, amen, and need to be rescued. It actually brings so much guilt that it shuts the mouth. Romans 3.19, it says, The mouth is shut and all become guilty before God. What's the only thing that can save us from our breaking of the law? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Don't you understand we live in the greatest time, the easiest time, for someone to come and understand the love of God, and the forgiveness in Christ. Loving Jesus because he saved you will make you want to keep his commandments. Perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. What's the first commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. You'll keep the other ones. You don't lose your sonship. You don't become unborn again. But you do lose the blessings and the generational sin will continue until you make a choice to break the habits that run in your family. 
whatever they might be. Because if they're a habit, you do it without thinking, and that is not of God. The moral law is an expression of God's character and a standard of righteousness. It pictures two things, love towards God and love towards our neighbor. I've already quoted the first and great commandment, second commandment. Ceremonial law, provisional law was added because of the transgression of the moral law. Daddy, get more specific. You ever notice how kids try to parse the law when you tell them what you want? So they're looking for what? Just like you do when you do your income taxes, right, Karen? Loopholes. I can get through that. That doesn't apply to me. That ceremonial law consisted of holy days and diet and ceremonies and sacrifices. I'd be burning in hell if I had to keep that diet. They all pointed to the fact that your redemption's in Jesus Christ because you can't keep it. Book of Leviticus gives us laws for the priest. It demonstrates that God was holy and meticulous. It also emphasized the importance of a Blood sacrifice. For without the shedding of blood, there is no. His blood was shed once for all. That we might not be under the law. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to just to look at the, the Ten Commandments some this morning to realize, Father, that even three months in, the children of Israel Father, they heard what God said, and they said, all these things we will do. And Moses hadn't even come down off the mountain. They were already going against what God had told them to do. Father, help us, Lord, to live in the new man. Father, Lord, to realize that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Help us to think and choose that every day every moment, that we might bring glory and honor unto our Savior. And Father, there won't be a question of who is our Isaac. Father, it's because we will have known that we put Jesus first. We just thank you for this time now in Jesus' name. Amen. Take a break.